You want to start it out again? I mean, it's been recording this whole time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it's, yeah. Oh, We're well. just going with it. Go for it then. You're listening to CPR. My name is Rex. And my name is Josh. How are you guys doing today? I'm glad you're doing great. Yeah, you're not allowed to be doing anything other than great. If you're doing bad, get out. Mm-hmm. No bad listeners allowed no, if, on our podcast. If you're doing bad, send us a message. We'd love to talk to you and help you feel better because we care. Send us a message at um, CP... Jo- nope, never mind. Josh start over. Our, <laughs> Josh doesn't know our social links. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm it's inept all the at same social now. media. I even changed it for you. Rex and Josh CPR... On Twitter, Instagram, and at gmail.com. Hey, that's pretty convenient right there. I know. That's why I changed it. Wow. Isn't that nice? All right. It is nice. (laughs) There you are. Follow us on social media or whatever you do on social media. I don't know. That's all, Rex. Um, I do know emails, though, so you can email me. Yeah, if you email Josh, he'll, like, send you a 10-paragraph essay back and... It's going to be great. Yeah, I need a publisher for my email sometimes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. So what happened in our week, you asked? Well, I'm glad you asked. Rex, (laughs) why don't you start us off? That was the worst segue I have ever heard, and I love it. I think just doing things weird like that is just so on brand for us. Um, All right, go for it. What happened? What happened in my week? Um, I went back to work this week which was an interesting experience, to say the least. Um, How so? (laughs) So there's this thing going on uh, right now. I don't know if you've heard about it. Um, Called the coronavirus. Wow, you you read my mind, Josh. That's incredible. Um, Yeah, but coronavirus comes with these things called restrictions and regulations and all the fun big R words like um, real estate, retribution, um, Randy Newman. uh, Anyway. But there's a lot of not fun stuff going on. And just a lot of the things that I have to do that would normally be simple processes when I'm at work have just been blown up into these long, complicated tasks that really just destroy the efficiency of my job. So, mm. man, that sounds awful. It really is, but you know what? Gotta make money and stuff because this podcast isn't doing it. That's <laughs> patreon.com slash Rex and Josh CPR. <laughs> yeah, donate. <laughs> we don't actually have a Patreon, but if you think we should start one because you want to give us money, let us know. Yeah, give us money. <laughs> what happened in my week, you asked? Yes, I do ask, Josh. What wow. Happened in your I'm week? really glad you asked. All right, so, um, with this corona stuff going on, I wanted to get my driver's license because I have my permit, and all I need is to go take the driver's test. But guess what? what? Driver's test people, I guess, are paranoid, and they um, not that their lives aren't dangerous enough <laughs> yeah. driving with teenagers all the time. They don't want to sit in a car with a teenager that might not know how to drive and have the possibility of suffering from a deadly virus <laughs> man that sounds like a great dr- uh, job there um yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, they're not offering those right now. So I'm kind of stuck. And um, I, I took driver's ed, which apparently I didn't need to take, which is really frustrating because it was really boring. So I get there, I walk in, I'm like, oh, hey, maybe I'll meet a friend or something here. This <laughs> might be fun. So I walk in, everybody is sad. They're just on their phones, I walk in, yep. nobody even looks up, and I'm like, wow, okay. So I walk to my seat. Actually, I don't have a seat. I have to scooch in between two people. <laughs> and they were bothered that I existed. I was like, this is oh, a great start. So the guy walks up there. He's like, welcome to driver's ed. You can take notes if you want to or don't. That's okay. And he's he's like, um, here's the first slide read it <laughs> and he's like that's it yeah and then he's like hope you read it because we're moving on here's the next one. Oh, here's a video this this wow. the video is really boring you uh, just pay attention i guess and then that was for the rest of the day it was the worst day i've ever spent in my life wow so i do not want to take driver's ed ever again long story short Luckily, you don't have to. Um, hey, because that's not a requirement for things, as far as I know. But yeah, it driver's ed is not fun. I remember my time there, not fondly. All right, if you <laughs> have a driver's ed story that you like to share, make sure and email us at uh, Rex and Josh <laughs> CPR at gmail dot com. I think I forgot it again. I should write this down. Nope, you, you got it right. I did? You nailed it. It was awesome. the exact right address. <laughs> All right. So as you might be able to tell, just from the way we talk, we are homeschoolers. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's probably pretty obvious by now. And um, so there, um, uh, within the past month, there was a Harvard professor. Um, her name was Professor, oh, I'm going to butcher this. It's like Bartholet. Let's call her Professor B for short. Is that I, I like that is idea. Is that good with that, you, Rex? Yes. All right. So Professor B says parents are giving given too much autonomy with homeschooling. She's like bashing Ooh. homeschooling right now. So children's rights are not being adequately protected by the state. Oh my goodness. I would like to hear her definition of rights. <laughs> All right. So we have uh they're abused and neglected by the parents. The kids lack exposure to the diverse culture of public school. Is this your imitation of her voice? Absolutely. Okay. And then skept um there's skepticism that homeschoolers are adequately educating their children rex you want to respond to this there's skepticism that the government is adequately educating children that go to public schools so um (laughs) yeah oh boy there are so many things i could say in response to this go for it um i again i would like to hear her definition of rights because i think the right should not be to a right to be forced into public education, but it should be a right to choose where you're educated. Um, See, that's your problem there, Rex. Yeah, I'm just you so think, closed-minded. You think that rights are um, 
like God given. Mm-mm. The government gives you rights. Yeah. <laughs> and when the government is nice enough to provide public education for free, it's your obligation. You're actually insulting the government by not going to public education. Absolutely. And you should apologize publicly. I'm so sorry, government. I did not mean to hurt your feelings. I know that's a sore topic with you, and mm-hmm. I, I really just hope you'll forgive me. <laughs> so there are a lot of things that she said here, and you know what? I agree with them. Rex is kind of stunned by that statement. I Le- don't think I believe you. Uh, let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I do think that... Um, by being homeschooled, I am not able to properly communicate my thoughts because I am not doing a podcast right now with another fellow homeschooler that is adequately able to communicate his thoughts. Yeah, it's not like we're sharing our opinions on comedy, politics, and religion with the entire internet or anything like that. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So I just thought though I was like this is kind of ridiculous, yeah, and I mean it's absolutely. it's it's really sad. Um, there was a picture. Um, the cartoon it was so it was an article, and the picture cover for the cartoon, mm-hmm. there was like lots. It was a nice sunny day. There were lots of kids playing outside, and like some of them were playing soccer or something like that. Then there's like this house and. There's this house in the middle of the picture, and it's and there's like a little girl with a little sad face and tears streaking down her face, peering out the bars of the window. It's like a jail or something like oh, that. Oh, no. Trapped like, inside your own home. Oh, my goodness. When most homeschoolers get finished with school, like, way before public schoolers. I know. If there's anybody... Unless you're me and you procrastinate. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody is going <laughs> to be playing outside it is going to be the homeschoolers like that's that's our silent science lesson sometimes right rex mm-hmm. well at least it used to be yeah and then somebody decided to invent physics ugh but like she talks about the freedom that comes with public school why why would you want like the freedom she talks about is going to the exact same place for what eight hours every single day and following the exact same routine every day if that's that that sounds a whole lot like what happens inside a prison um wow that is a good point you're you're trapped and you don't get a choice in what really you partake in uh other than picking certain classes classes i don't know why i said that (laughs) picking certain classes but other than that, you're really kind of stuck in this routine for eight hours a day for a good chunk of the year. Whereas with homeschooling, you can finish up early, you can get the same amount of education, if not more, and you can choose your schedule. It doesn't have to be this hardcore prison regiment. It can be as free as you want it to be, as long as you get stuff done. Yeah, and like the this part where she was like she doesn't know that homeschooling parents are adequately educating their children so this is like one on one it's like having a private tutor constantly yeah. and it's um like oh like the statistics show that the homes more homeschoolers that they score better on tests and stuff we're most basically of the time. saying we're smarter than you if you're not homeschooled um i mean that's a fair point rex he said it not me though 
I did say it, and I don't entire be- uh, entire believe it, <laughs> because we say good words. Um, oh, I am excellent at Englishing. Englishing is my favorite pastime. Yes, and just due to the sheer awkwardness of our interactions that you will listen to on this podcast, uh, there there will definitely be some validation of her statements in maybe the social aspect, but in terms of getting a good education, I absolutely believe that homeschooling is not a problem. And even in the social aspect, I think there are plenty of perfectly well-rounded homeschoolers. Um, Josh and I are just not among them. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. All right. On that note, well, speaking of homeschooling, we want to turn to why red states want to open before blue states. Yeah, that has nothing to do with homeschooling. Perfect. Let's pretend it does. All right. And, you know, this kind of breaks down um, to the fundamental differences between, like, conservatism and liberalism. Indeed. And uh, I think it's really interesting because, um, like, the definition of the conservatism is uh, the freedom economically and then more Mm -hmm. control on morality. And then uh, liberalism is kind of the opposite, where there's freedom, or there's a control economically, and then there's the complete freedom morally. Mm-hmm. It really breaks down to uh, the government is uh, saying, you have rights that I give you. And it's like the rights come from the government, but like we kind of mentioned earlier, it's, uh, it is actually how we have pre-existing rights, and then mm-hmm. the government just acknowledges those what are your thoughts rex i think uh our good buddy mr tom jeff called those inalienable rights and i i very much agree i would ask you to respond to the argument that if you are truly taking the moral high ground as a conservative is it not morally correct to protect other people from obtaining the virus and is caring for them in that way not the most morally acceptable option that's that's a fair point with um but again that's um encroaching on others abilities it's saying well i know better for other people than if i'm like say a governor or something i know better for other people than they know how to take care of themselves which in most cases is completely untrue you um give people the freedom uh, to work if they want to, or to go to the golf golf course. Like the golf courses were closed some some places. I'm like, that's kind of ridiculous. Now I heard another argument, and I'm just gonna bring up arguments because I like arguing. <laughs> I, I wow, Rick! Thought this was an interesting uh, an interesting point to be made. But what about people that don't want to go to work because they're nervous? about coronavirus then that is completely their option as well if but they, if, what if they're being called into work by their boss and their choice is either be fired or risk going out into the world even though they're at risk of getting the virus um well i mean they're it's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place there you just kind of have to weigh your options um it depends, like, if you're in a high, one of those high-risk categories, you know, that they're always talking about on the news and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're old or if you have bad nervous system or something like that. Autoimmune diseases, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. 
that's the fancy word I was looking for, fancy jargon. You just kind of have to weigh your options and yeah. see if it's worth it for you to um, not work. And how, how will you support yourself if you don't work, if you get fired from your job? Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you get fired, you don't get unemployment um, benefits that the government gives you. I think that's right. And even even if you are on unemployment, that only lasts for a certain amount of time. But I know a lot of conservatives aren't necessarily in support, or at least if we go deep into the depths of fiscal conservatism, like where I'm at as a mostly libertarian, a lot of people don't want unemployment to be a thing because that's just more tax money that is being taken from American citizens to fund a government program. So what if unemployment didn't exist and these people had no jobs? It, can you think of a solution other than just asking for support from other people? Um, well, it, it depends if, you, if they're willing, um, if they're able to work but not willing, then that's there's part of me that's like, well, that, that's on you, pal. Uh, you need to work if you're able to. Um, uh, part of how we live in a fallen world is that is, there is the danger from day to day of there's the viruses, there's the diseases, there's violence, and all that things. We just, um, that is unfortunately, uh, for uh, better or worse, that's, that's part of the mm-hmm. world that we live in. And it all it breaks down to, um, are we going to trust God um, in these circumstances, or are we going to live in fear? Yeah, I, I think I agree with your point, and I think the biggest problem is there isn't a definitive answer. We're not going to come up with one on this podcast. We only have a limited, limited amount of time, and I don't think that even if we did have an unlimited amount of time that we would be able to come up with the end-all be-all answer that would be perfect for everybody in every case. And a limited amount of brain power as well. Oh yeah, we're running short already. Um, <laughs> but I don't want anybody to think that we're advocating foolishness in any way. We are absolutely, if you are at risk, please stay safe, take care of yourself. But think about the way that people are being affected in all sorts of areas. Because absolutely there are people that are in danger and at risk because of this virus. But there are also people that are at risk because of quarantine. There have been, there's been a rise in domestic abuse calls um, recently because families are at home more, and that's a scary thing to deal with. There has been um, a rise in suicides as well because people are dealing at being at home by themselves alone. And that's obviously really hard. And so there are people on all sides of things being affected and we are not going to be able to possibly take a look at every side of the situation because there's just so much to consider but looking at things from different perspectives just not just our perspective but at what other people might be dealing with i think is really important because to come up with an end all be all solution which again we won't be able to do in this amount of time you need to be able to look at more than just your own perspective. All right. And also, as always, if you have any questions about this or any topic, make sure to let us know. Um, all right. So last week we had a segment about the evidence 
against the theory of evolution. We did indeed. And if you missed that, I encourage you to go back and listen to it again. Oh, yeah. Because I have my doctorate in science and stuff, and therefore <laughs> I know... <laughs> in science and stuff. <laughs> and therefore I know all there is about science stuff, science stuff. From the prestigious University of Stuff and Things. Absolutely. Yes. So, <laughs> I know everything, and I said everything on last week's podcast. So, make sure you listen so to that. if you'd like to learn about everything, go listen to our first episode and be amazed. All right. <laughs> but, so go back and listen to that if you um, missed it. Um, but this week, I wanted to... Um, asked the question well if evolution isn't true what do we turn to Ooh, rex what's your answer to that i would say we should turn around okay that was not the answer that i was expecting <laughs> <laughs> um so evidence for the bible so a lot of times here so um let me let me say this I was at youth group, I'd say maybe like October, some, November, something like that last year. Okay. Um, they had a science and Christianity Q&A um, service, and there was a boy there, and uh, he was an agnostic or a- okay. atheist, something like that, and when we broke into small groups, he asked, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. And my small group leaders, I felt, gave really an unsatisfactory answer. Oh, interesting. And Because um, that's a, a very common question. You'd want to be equipped to answer something like that. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, sometimes it happens for punishment. And I'm like, ugh. I was like, no. So I go up to him afterwards, and I, I'm like, hey, um, my name is Josh. Uh, I didn't feel like your question was sufficiently answered maybe yeah. in the right way so i just wanted to um have you heard about the story of job and so i kind of explained that i did not know what i was getting into so this boy apparently is well versed in like all the attacks against the bible wow <laughs> so like he was like throwing all these things and Studying. i was i was like oh my goodness um if you find yourself in that situation i just come from an apologetics co- conference like mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a month before, so I it still had that. Uh, Rex and I went. That was lots of fun. It was. We should go again. Yeah, let's go next year. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they'll have it this year. Oh bummer. Go to the apologetics conference with us in Charlotte, North Carolina, if you want to come. But I just think it's um, it's really helpful to be able to know the evidence for the Bible because I know, like, growing up, I was like, yes, the Bible's true, but mm-hmm. to prove it to a non-christian type thing and i thought we might have kind of like a mini series in our podcast going forward just like various evidences uh for the bible um or at least for a while um, i think that's a great idea especially because as christians it's easy to find evidence for the bible but we always come from this base assumption that the bible is true which that's great if you're a christian but if you're trying to talk to somebody who doesn't come from that base assumption that the Bible is true. You have to take some other steps to get to that point before you can have a, a level conversation. Mm-hmm. That's that's a really great way of phrasing that, Rex. Very cool. astute. Astute. Because mm-hmm. you are a student. 
of the Bible. Ah, uh, see what I did there? I see what you did there, Josh. Oh, it was that quite was excellent. Almost funny. All right. <laughs> so close, just like everything we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So um, the theory of intelligent design. Hmm. So that's basically saying that there is an intelligent being, basically God, um, basically. who created the universe in the beginning. And um, this theory is actually, I um, told that to this the boy at my at the youth group, and um, he was actually kind of impressed by that. <laughs> um, not because I came up with it or anything, but just because yes, it's... Josh's theory of intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, my um, ultimate smackdown on the theory of atheist. Of uh, course. Just, yeah. Um, so evolution, um, as kind of we learned last week, is based on taking what we see now and assuming that that has consistently happened basically for all of time. So that's what Darwin did. He took his uh, his finches or whatever. They were finches, right? Yep. And, um, and he's like, oh, they have um, big... Big beaks, small beaks, they must have evolved from... Hippos. Yeah. I don't no. know, that might be a regression. <laughs> Hippos yeah. turning into finches. Well, you know, whatever. I don't know, it makes as much sense as any of the other theories. Yeah, so. it kind of does. <laughs> um, but that he took the small changes and said, well, given lots of time, it could have come up with bigger changes. Mm-hmm. So the, the concept of taking what we see now and applying it to what we don't know is yeah. readily in use. Is it not, Rex? It is indeed, and not just in the areas of science, I believe. It's probably in other areas. Absolutely. Even if we don't realize it. Like, if you come in wearing a long sleeve shirt, I will assume it's cold outside. Yeah, because assumptions can be a really good... Um, and this is a side note, but there are so many things in conversation that we do based off of assumptions. And I will add a video in our show notes talking about this. But uh, I watched a video about language by one of my favorite YouTubers, Tom Scott. He has a degree in linguistics. And so he talks about really interesting language concepts. He used this example sentence in one of his videos. The person said, oh, I'm out of gas. And another person responded, with the sentence, oh, there's a gas station down the road. You'd think that these sentences are just an obvious correlation, but there's a lot of assumptions that have to be made, like that the person saying that they're out of gas needs to get more gas. Like, obviously, they're stranded on the side of the road. We can get that from them saying, oh, I'm out of gas. But that's kind of an assumption that we have to make to say, oh, well, there's a place that you can get gas, and it's nearby because you need gas. So I don't know if I explained that exactly, but watch the video. It's great. Um, But there's a lot of assumptions that we need to make just to have basic conversation. Rex, I feel like you should get a degree in linguistics. No, I I think I would get really bored, but I do enjoy his videos. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, I totally got you off topic there. Continue. Dr. Rex. Dr. Rex. Doctor of linguistics. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like a really boring TV show. <laughs> Dr. Right. Rex, linguistics expert. <laughs> All right. Um, but the this concept of assumptions is really key. Um, so if, like, say, okay, so I have my um, phone right here, and I take, I assume that somebody made it. Is that some weird thing to assume? Or, like, some intelligence was 
I mean, obviously, probably like robots made it, but yeah. some intelligence was overall behind yeah, the design of my phone. Yeah, it wasn't like just the metal and everything came together and turned into your fancy iPhone. In order to create something complex like an iPhone, you need to have some smart guy behind it or exactly. many smart guys. Like Steve Jobs. Apple, please sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> just get like a multi-million dollar sponsorship. Yeah, episode two, we're already <laughs> sponsored by Apple. <laughs> <laughs> so we take that assumption that intelligence is needed to create something complex and we apply it to even like this quote simplest of organisms mm -hmm. which is even more complex than an iphone product um yeah 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 probably <laughs> um like so like your this, iphone can't breathe that's, that's a good point <laughs> then again neither can some of the simplest Siri, organisms. can you breathe i'm software that's made up of lines of code so that's not really part of my deal so apparently Siri cannot breathe. But it can speak. That's what? a good point. But anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're disproving it. No. Uh, the, the simple organisms, they're more complex than the phone. You're like, that came from absolutely no intelligence. Mm -hmm. You kind of, that's kind of like, what? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. So just to think that my iPhone fell out of the sky or it came from a bowl of soup or something like that. But just the intelligence is needed to create something complex. Mm -hmm. And um, that intelligence, I would argue, is, is God, right? Yeah. Um, so in order to have anything uh, that would be uh, just this utterly complicated organism, you would need an intelligence behind it. Definitely. What are your thoughts, Rex? I agree. Oh, I like that thought. Hold that thought for a second. But just, and it's just like the chances that um, something that w life would come from non-life are like incredibly impossible. It's yeah, like for sure. blowing up a helicopter, it crumbling to the earth like in lots of tiny pieces and then falling together right back in place and be a working helicopter. That'd be really cool. Yeah, just like pew, ha ha. I probably could do that but you would have to have some very special technology in there that was made to do specifically that already. Oh my goodness, it requires an intelligence. It's so, like, they haven't even been able to create life from, like, a lab or something like that. Yeah. Darn proteins and amino acids not doing what the scientists yeah. want. But even if they were to create life from a lab, I think I said this last week. You did. It would Almost require exactly this. that intelligence was needed. Yeah. All right. Well, intelligence is a pretty relative term. Uh, I mean, one could say that maybe we aren't as intelligent, but, you know, yeah, whatever. Well, I don't know. Maybe these scientists trying to create life aren't either, but <laughs> moving on. Well, Sorry, um, scientists. We did not mean to offend you. All right. And then we can, um, next week, we can get on to uh, more evidence, kind of more hard facts for um, a young earth that is directly supported by the bible and also if you have thoughts contrary if you are an old earth theorist email us and let us know and we'll um, have a discussion about young earth bible people versus old earth bible people is that Send good us with a you facts since you like old things <laughs> like <laughs> and maybe a job. telegram instead <laughs> a carrier pigeon 
speaking of old things, I'm getting a typewriter soon, which I'm excited oh, about. Oh, really? Tell yeah. us about this typewriter. Um, I don't actually know a whole lot about it. I was going to buy a typewriter, but the one that I really wanted was like $120. And so I figured I would see if I could get something else. So I found one that was about, uh, I think it was like 50 bucks. Uh, and I was going to be okay with that. But then, because I want one of the big heavy set metal desktop ones, like from the 40s, because I think those just look super cool. But my dad's coworker actually had one that he's just not using, so he was just going to give it to me. Wow. So it's probably a portable one, which isn't exactly what I wanted, but honestly, I just needed a type or wanted a typewriter. So I figured I'm not really going to complain if it's not exactly what I want. I can get something later. All right. So you are most trusted and valued listeners asked us some questions. You did. Oh, boy. These questions are quite excellent all right so we have okay from last week we got a question from kayla we did and um, we weren't able to answer it i know the she failures asked, that we are <laughs> how do pins work and josh figured it out i meant to look this up but josh beat me to the punch yes because i took apart a pin and figured it out no yes I, with I, his I, science with my <laughs> doctorate in so, science and stuff josh b- Please uh, enlighten me and the rest of our readers how this pen works. All right. So in a ballpoint pen, it has a ball bearing system. So as the pen moves on the paper, the ball on the tip of the pen turns and it draws ink from the cartridge um, of the pen. So it's actually it's just like a ball that rolls over the paper. And I feel like I knew that at some point, but... Now that's just like super cool to know. I really like that. I know. That did was... you learn how fountain pens work? Um, I, it did have that. I didn't write it down. It oh, it was something to do. So it had oh, I remember. It had three compartments for the ink, mm-hmm. and then it had one big compartment for air. And so you, the air goes up the chamber in the air, and it presses the ink down somehow. Ooh, something like that. That's super cool. I like so that. So that's why I think you shake it. Just get, get that was air my in there. Ballpoint or my that uh, yeah, yeah, uh, fountain pen imitation. <laughs> Have you heard of the uh, Parker P fifty two? It sounds like a machine gun. It's a pen, oh. and it's really expensive if you want a really nice one. How much? Um, it really depends. You can get one from anywhere from like I think I saw one for ninety dollars to uh, I think eight thousand was the highest. Who's gonna pay eight thousand dollars for a pen? Uh, collectors. Like, why? Why? Because it's a special limited edition pen. I think the gold-plated ones are the ones that cost up to 8000 But Let me write a letter with my gold-plated pen. Oh, no, pen. you wouldn't want to write with it. It would ruin the condition. Oh, yeah. Silly me. Want to write you with a pen? You leave it in the box, Josh, of course. If anybody wants to know more about Parker P52s, I found the auction website, and I'll leave that in the show notes, too. <laughs> All right. I, I like things like that, because why not? All right, we have a question from Caleb. We do. Kayla um, and Caleb. Hey. Man. What are the secret origins of the turtleneck sweater? The secret origins? Yes. It can't they be just the turtles, regular ones. Obviously. Oh, Nobody yes. likes to talk about that. This was actually really interesting, too. Ooh, um, so I like keep, interesting things. Keep submitting questions like this, guys. Um, Absolutely. The, the turtleneck sweater was said to have originated in the um, 
Aran Islands. I th- hope I said that right. Probably not, but let's go with it. Aran <laughs> Islands. In the North Atlantic. So, like, they were fishermen, and they had this really bad problem of cold necks. Oh, my goodness, the horror. Yeah. So, they made shirts that protected their necks. That's crazy. And it became popularized in the 1930s by some random Hollywood icon. So, there. have you ever worn a turtleneck sweater, Rex? I can't say I've worn a turtleneck sweater. I have worn, like, a, a long-sleeve shirt that had a turtleneck sort of extension. It, it wasn't a sweater, though. I, I think the material was too thin. I think they can look really good fashion-wise in very specific circumstances, and then otherwise they look dumb. So I generally <laughs> don't wear them because I am one of those circumstances. But, yeah, have you ever worn a turtleneck sweater, Josh? I can't say that I have. That's not necessarily a bad thing, although I think you could probably pull off a black one. Really? Like black with black dress slacks. All right. If you want to see me in a turtleneck sweater, send money to... I say if we can get 25 followers on Instagram, then we'll post a picture of Josh wearing. All right. So, like, let your friends know about CPR That's podcast. Rex and Josh CPR on Instagram. Absolutely. And Twitter and Gmail if you want to, <laughs> you know, send us stuff because we need interaction. All right. That's so how we fuel this podcast. Bowden asks. Bowden. And um, from Oklahoma, he asked, is the coronavirus going to send us into a recession? And if so, how can we recover from it? Rex, why don't you take this one? Oh, boy. I was going to say, Josh, because I don't know enough about this. But um, I'd say probably because I think this has economically created a lot of things similar to circumstances that have led to recessions in the past. But I really just don't know that I have enough knowledge to say whether it will or not. Yeah, it's it's um I I, I don't either. My doctorate's in science and, and science is, and stuff and stuff and and is not in economics. Yes, <laughs> we will go back to uh, the college of stuff and things and come back with our economics degrees next week. I don't know because uh, the things that led to uh, the economy going down the toilet basically were not actually economic factors to mm-hmm. begin with. Um, so it's not like the stock market. It's uh, It was the virus and people were reacting to that. So and I think, might I add, it was the government regulations on the economy and things like that that led to it. Just a, a side note there. Um, so I would argue that things would bounce back fairly quickly after all of the restrictions ease and things kind of go back to the way they were. I certainly hope you're right. All right. And then our last question um, is, do you think a watch is just a fancy belt for your wrist? Oh, boy. Rex, why don't you take this one too? I'm going to have to say no on this one. There's a, a lot of ways that you can think about it, but the way I'm choosing to think about it is when I think of a belt, I think of something that's meant to hold up something else, generally. Now, obviously, a lot of people wear belts just as a, a fashion statement because they can serve that purpose in different outfits, but I think generally the purpose 
of a belt is seen as holding up a, a pair of pants or something like that. So the watch is just a completely different accessory. It's not really meant to hold anything up. It's just meant to serve you as a, a timepiece. So I'm going to have to say it's not just a fancy belt. See, I'm going to have to disagree. So you Why know, like fancy people, they go to lots of dances and stuff. They do. So like you have do to like... They? Sure, mean, let's go with it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's say in theory that they do. And you know in a dance, you look really silly if you're off tempo, right? Yes. All right, so you have to keep in time um, when you're dancing. So, and people fancy people wear belts a lot so like they keep in time with their belt you see where i'm going with this no so therefore if the belt keeps helps them keep time then that means that a watch is basically a fancy belt what kind of see where yeah my logic is astounding rex is speechless right now yeah now I am. You do have me thinking about that uh, metronome I saw made by Soundbrenner that you can get as a watch or as a belt or as a chest strap or an ankle strap. That could be a belt that could help you keep time, but mm. that's a completely different thing entirely. And I think it's keeping different types of time. Well, you know, <laughs> I tried. I think you tried very well, and I think neither of us are right. I think they're just two different accessories. All right. I don't know. Well, thanks, thanks, guys, for listening to us. Remember, if you have questions or comments... Or concerns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can send them to us, tweet them at us, send us a direct message on Twitter or Instagram, or... Email. Email. That's Josh. Josh will respond to emails. I'll respond to social media stuff. Oh, um, what, what is the address again, Rex? One more time. It's Rex and Josh CPR at gmail.com and at Rex and Josh CPR on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Those fancy social media thingamajigs. Indeed. All right. Well, I guess that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's it. I've been Rex. I'm, I'm still Josh. I am also Josh now. Thanks for listening. Bye. We'll see you guys next week. Hey everyone, Rex here. Thank you so much for listening to episode two. Josh and I had a ton of fun making it. If you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, you can find them on anchor.fm slash cprpodcast. There you'll be able to find links to any articles we discuss on each episode and any things that we name drop, whether those are in viewer questions or just in our discussions of how our weeks went, stuff like that. So if you're interested in learning more about the stuff we talked about, feel free to check out the show notes. You'll also find links there to our social media and our email address if you want to send us questions, comments, concerns, anything like that. We'll see you next time for episode three. Thanks for listening.